Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 370th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston. To go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is attending my first ever Penn State whiteout game against Michigan on Saturday night with 110,000 of my friends, and it was the uh, truly special evening I've always anticipated it would be. Uh, honestly, I've never seen anything quite like it in my life. A stadium with 110,000 people, the pageantry of the pregame, the absolutely deafening roar of the crowd when Michigan had their first series after receiving the opening kickoff and it was so loud there you couldn't hear yourself think and neither could Michigan because they had to... Uh, call a timeout before they ran their first play, which, of course, just made it louder. And uh, just a special evening uh, in every way possible. It was perfect weather and uh, beautiful fall foliage. And Penn State Nation was out in force. It was the fourth largest crowd in Beaver Stadium history. Uh, to be very specific, 110,699, I believe, was the final tally. And Penn State put on quite a show. Uh, K.J. Hamler had two touchdowns, including his first, was in the corner right in the end zone where we were seated. So we had an up-close-and-personal view of that. And uh, Penn State's defense came up big, uh, especially in the first half. They were ahead 21-0, and all credit to Michigan under, uh, trust me, what were the most difficult of circumstances. Every snap Michigan took was to a roar from the whiteout crowd. Uh, Michigan came back and, in fact, uh, you know, had all the momentum in the second half, Penn State looked somewhat lifeless, and then quarterback Sean Clifford hit K.J. Hamler, there's that name again, with a uh, long pass, I think 53-yarder, he's wide open, running right down the middle, Uh, don't know how that happens, and uh, he took it in uh, to make it 28-14 after Michigan had closed it to one score at 21-14. 
And again, Michigan took the ball down the field, brought it back to a one-score game, had an opportunity in the last minute or so, two minutes, I'd say, to tie it. But uh, the Michigan receiver uh, dropped the ball in the end zone right in his chest. Perfect pass. It was right there. Should have had it. And anybody who watched the game, I'm sure, saw the shots of him crying on the sidelines, a receiver who dropped the ball. And then from there, uh, Penn State was able to run out the clock thanks to, again, K.J. Hamler, who uh, is only 176 pounds or so, uh, wide receiver, and he took the snap on the penultimate play. And uh, from the backfield, going in motion and got the first down. Uh, it wasn't easy. He had to use every pound of his 175 pounds to uh, drive the pow a little bit. Got the first down, and it was victory formation from there, and 110,000 people went home very, very happy. So it was just a special evening. I've uh, been to many, many, many Penn State games in my life, but had never been to a whiteout. So to finally get there under just optimal circumstances from weather to uh, Michigan being the opponent uh, was just simply as good as it gets. So I also had another first. Uh, It's been a big couple weeks uh, on the sports front. I attended my first game in Chavez Ravine in Los Angeles for the National Dodgers, Nationals versus Dodgers, epic game five, where I witnessed perhaps the two biggest moment in Nationals history, which of course were the back-to-back dingers off Clayton Kershaw to tie it in the eighth. The Dodgers were ahead 3-1. And of course, Howie Kendrick's grand slam in the 10th to win it all. But I still got the full effect because the Dodgers jumped out early right off the bat. My entrance through the tunnel at Chavez Ravine was to what appeared to be your home run, but was called a double in the bottom of the first. And the crowd just simply went wild at the precise moment. I exited the tunnel to get my first full view of Chavez Ravine. So it was from there. They took a 3-0 lead from there. It was just uh, a big party. With the Dodgers holding that 3-0 lead that became a 3-1 lead right through to the eighth inning when uh, when Kershaw uh, gave up the two home runs and back-to-back pitches. It was incredible, silencing the party and the Dodger Stadium crowd. Uh, and boy, after Howie Kendrick's home grand slam to win it, uh, not a happy crowd leaving Dodger Stadium, let me tell you. It was just uh, uh, something to see. Uh, both teams, of course, have their uh, recent cursed history, shall we say, of uh, postseason failure. Uh, but the Dodgers continued, and the Nationals, as we know, uh, jumped off from that point to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals. No easy task anytime. Now they're in the World Series against the Astros, and uh, as I was driving back, had a couple-hour drive after the Penn State game Saturday night uh, through the mountains of Pennsylvania, and uh, had the pleasure of listening to the Astros-Yankees Classic, where 
The Yankees uh, tied it with a two-run homer in the top of the ninth. And lo and behold, Jose Altuve, the shortest player in the major leagues, won it in the bottom of the ninth with the home run, uh, making it there by an instant classic. So we have Astros, Nationals, uh, starting tomorrow night in the World Series. It should be a great one. Both teams are just on an absolute roll, coming in off uh, dramatic victories, whether it was out in L.A. for the Nats or uh, down in Houston against the Yankees uh, on Saturday night. So it should be a terrific World Series, and I'm looking at it. Uh, Looking forward to it. And the low light of the week here is I'm still in Pennsylvania and near Philadelphia, and uh, the low light was the way the Philadelphia Eagles played last night. And people up in this area near Philly are up in arms because Eagles coach Doug Peterson, of course, had said last week that, uh, they were going to win. He basically guaranteed a win. And then they went in last night into uh, Jerry World and absolutely got blown out by the boys. And uh, at best, Philly, like Dallas, has had a very up-and-down season. But when your coach guarantees a victory, basically, uh, you got to go out and perform better than they did. And they just got smoked. So... Uh, a lot of distress here in Eagles land here in eastern Pennsylvania, that's for sure, this morning. And uh, the news shows were fascinating to watch with their sports segments, and uh, people are not happy here in Philadelphia. Other notable games yesterday uh, in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers certainly returned to being Aaron Rodgers last night. Uh, he threw five touchdown passes. Uh, I think his fantasy score was around 42 points, uh, and he just lit up the Oakland Raiders yesterday and just was uh, played fantastic. <clears throat> Another game that was fascinating was, of course, uh, Saints and the Bears. Saints went into Chicago, and Teddy Bridgewater is now undefeated. Uh Filling in for Drew Brees, who of course has the injured hand, and he looked—he's just looking better each week, and he just looked terrific out in Chicago last evening, and they just rolled to a win over the Bears, and I'd say the Bears' uh, fan base is about in the same place as the Eagles' fan base—very, very unhappy with how their team is performing right now. Of course, Eagles. Two years ago, won the Super Bowl, certainly playoffs last year, same with the Bears, and uh, neither are having the season that everybody was anticipating, so it's, uh, it's a little choppy, to say the least. And my bizarre story of the week is Illinois, the Illini, beating, upsetting Wisconsin Uh, Out in Champaign, Illinois, on Saturday, Wisconsin, of course, was the number six team in the nation, undefeated. They had smoked Michigan uh, a few weeks back, and we're just looking like a college football playoff contender, and Illinois rose out of nowhere, and Coach Lovey Smith, and they were 30-point underdogs, making it really one of the biggest upsets uh, in recent memory. I think it was... Among the biggest upsets, if you're going to 
based simply on point spread in Big Ten history, uh, you know, on uh, on the somewhat short list of biggest upsets ever, really. Uh, you know, again, going on a 30-point spread that Wisconsin was favored by. So it was really, uh, really just a shocker. And, of course, just a loop right back to Penn State, and my attending the whiteout. Penn State was number seven. Wisconsin was number six. So Penn State, by virtue of their win over Michigan, uh, was number six in the polls that came out yesterday. And, uh, and Michigan dropped uh, right out of the top 20, 25. And Wisconsin dropped pretty significantly as well, out of the top 10, I believe. And, uh, so it's, uh, it's shaping up here on the college football front, some big games coming up. We got LSU, uh, Alabama coming up here soon. Of course have, uh, Penn state, Ohio state on November 23rd. Uh, Penn state still has had a game against Minnesota, who I believe is undefeated. And I believe the game's out of Minnesota. So uh, this time of year, we're getting into all the games or tests, of course. Of course, Penn State had gone out and beaten Iowa on the road last week. And uh, pretty impressive. No easy feat there. But it looks like they're going to have to do it again up in uh, Minnesota. But if all holds and they keep winning out, the Penn State at Ohio State game on Saturday, November 23rd, uh, has all the potential to be epic and potentially decide the Big Ten championship and more than likely who gets the spot in the college football playoff from the Big Ten. Never a guarantee that they're going to choose somebody just because they're from the Big Ten, as we well know, but uh, we'll see how it all shapes up. So we're getting into the fun stuff here as we are into late October, moving towards the great November matchups uh, that we all love in, in college football. And uh, so now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. 
We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And AP, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, John. Really well. Thank you for having me on the show. Great to hear, as am I. And our audience is uh, breathlessly awaiting, as I'm sure everybody in Alabama is, uh, the state of Tua. I'm guessing you were at the game on Saturday I saw where it was a high ankle sprain and actually saw, I was a little surprised uh, that he actually had a procedure. Is that correct? He sure had. Yeah, he had a procedure wow. already. And he, should, he should be ready to go, I believe. Um, it wasn't the same ankle as last year as the other one. So really? um, I think wow. he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be fine. But uh, I don't think he'll stop him from being in that game. He probably could have gone back into the game, I believe, John. Yeah, I saw where he walked off the stadium. They had a shot of him uh, walking in the tunnel inside. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. I, was, I, I guess I just assumed it was probably the same ankle. So it's good that it wasn't, I think, in a way. Maybe not. But yeah, anyway, right. um, you know, so what type of, like a procedure on a high ankle sprain? Frankly, I didn't even know they did procedures on, like, high ankle sprains. Uh Hey, John, who knew in this day and age they could come up with something to, to speed up the recovery? Right. That was always a reco- an injury, common injury and, and serious injury where I thought only time could cure it. But I guess not. Things have changed. You said it perfectly. Yeah, it's what's called, they called it a tightrope procedure. I don't, I'm not <laughs> positive what that means, but... Uh, I don't, I don't know what that what it is, but that's what they call it, a tightrope procedure. Wow. Well, that's why we love having you on, AP. You give us stuff that we're not getting anywhere else. I've <laughs> not heard that word ever uh, in relation <laughs> to a, a medical procedure, tightrope. Uh, that brings a lot of things to the imagination as to what that means. It almost feels to me as if like they're 
tightening up a ligament or something like that or whatever is in there. And But what do I know? I'm not a doctor. And uh, But so what you're saying is AP, uh, do they have a game this week coming up? They have the homecoming against Arkansas, who was defeated by Auburn in Fayetteville, 51-10. to 10. So this is really just a tune-up. But it's a, it will be a chance for Mac Jones to play the quarterback position full-time at Alabama for that game. And as we found out on Saturday, John, just because you have all-star type candidates at the receiver position doesn't mean you're an all-star quarterback because they, he didn't get him the ball initially. He had to brush the cobwebs off of his arm to, make, to, to have some completions. Wow. Yeah, I, I, the backup did, you know, reasonably well. No surprise. You, an Alabama backup would be starting at probably 80% of D1 schools yeah. across the country. Uh, so I assume no two of this week, but you're thinking in two weeks. Is that correct? Yes, yes. They'll have the um, – they'll, they'll be playing uh, to a Valley because actually, you know, they'll have – this game and then a bye week and then the ninth of November they play. So the the bye week came at a perfect time and uh, a team like Arkansas is not too strong. That's perfect to have Matt Jones gain some experience. So then AP, do you imagine that uh, when's the LSU game? The November ninth. Oh, it is November ninth. Probably the two thirty. Yeah, November ninth. Yeah, be the two thirty game probably. CBS. Yeah. Okay, so Tua will come in basically three weeks after his injury, and that game this year is in Tuscaloosa, am I correct? It's in in Tuscaloosa, yes. Yes. All right. And that'll be, I think they announced it here, CBS game, I believe it'll be a CBS game, 2.30. Okay. Um, 2.30? 2.30, yeah, Central Time. Wow, interesting. I I guess I'm just so used to... uh, you know, those games being at night, uh, especially down in Baton Rouge. I'm sure if it was in Baton Rouge, it would be at night. But, uh, um, but you know, well, that's interesting to me uh, that it's uh, 3.30, which is a great starting time. But, you know, uh, I guess I kind of would have assumed it might be a night game. But, hey, 3.30 works. Um, it's going to be awesome. That, that is yeah. that's shaping up as the game of the year right now. Yes, um they have, I don't think they officially announced it, but I don't see how it couldn't be the 2.30 game on, on CBS if they have first election. So, because uh, the doubleheader game is going to be on the 16th of November. It's not the 9th this year. So they couldn't, didn't have the option of putting it on a night unless they made a deal with ESPN. Okay. Well, I have to assume there must be a pretty pretty big night game kind of already scheduled, being considered, what have you. Obviously, they all have maximum flexibility to... Show them when they want them, but, uh, but yes. yeah, but CBS, that's going to be fun, AP. I'm sure people down there are already getting excited. I mean, LSU just looks unlike any LSU team ever. I think I saw a graphic the other day, AP, that said Joe Burrow just maybe set the mark this past weekend for the most touchdowns passes ever by a LSU quarterback. Does that sound about right? Have you heard that one? Yeah, I think I, I think I saw that as well uh, very quickly on the screen. But I wouldn't doubt it because he's playing tremendous. He's so confident, and the receivers are catching anything that's in the air. And I think they were disappointed in their offensive production, even though they won at Mississippi State. So that's something different. Right, right. It's astounding, AP. I mean, 
to set the L- LSU. I know they've had some issues at quarterback in recent years, but you know, to in week six, seven, whatever it is, to set the all-time passing touchdown record for a program with the history of LSU, storied history. That's very, very impressive, and I'm sure the LSU fans are just over the moon with suddenly having a uh, a good passing attack. Uh, it's just not been their mo for uh, for a long time. So that is going to be fun. Well, I'm already circling my calendar for November 9th to 3:30. That's for darn sure. Yeah, John. It, right now, it's Associated Press poll: Alabama one, LSU two. Right. There you go. Yeah, AP, it's shaping up like that night game in Tuscaloosa, if I'm remembering correctly, back whatever, five, six, seven years ago that was basically the national championship game for all intents and purposes. Uh, so I think we're, we're right back at that same spot again, correct? Yeah, we had to replay, they had to replay that game. I think it was uh, – well, they replayed the game at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans of all places and. Uh, LSU couldn't move the ball past the 50-yard line. Alabama shut them out 21-zip for the national championship. So that was a nightmare for those Tiger fans. Exactly. Uh, the game was in New Orleans? game was in New Orleans. You had to have Saban yeah. be the coach against his old That's, team. And so it right. was a total disaster for them. In every way, from the venue to the coach to, you know, and LSU the played team, them tough in yeah. that regular season game. Uh, I remember nine six, yeah nine six. John with field goals, and didn't even let Alabama score a touchdown. They were in LSU won the game. They beat them in Tuscaloosa, and then they had to play for the championship. But it was down in New Orleans, so that that was uh, should have been an advantage for them. But Alabama was too strong. They figured them out. Yeah, LSU. Uh, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, Alabama smoked them in the rematch, uh, big time. Um, yeah. So yeah, hey, who knows? We might have that again. Very possible. Uh, you know, the loser of this game, uh, assuming it's the only loss for wh- whoever the loser is, is uh, still going to be in the hunt for the national championship, I would say. Um, yes. I mean, LSU has beaten some quality opponents already, uh, starting with Texas, out in Texas, and, uh, and you know, a couple of other. Quality, they're in the SEC West. They're, all their wins are quality wins, right? <laughs> Right. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, and I would, you know, LSU, I've been saying this ever since they beat Texas and said, you're in the perfect position to play for the national championship because you're playing at Alabama. If you keep that game close, you might receive the invitation. Exactly. Exactly. What's well, good? You know, LSU is, uh, LSU is, uh, you know, quality program. I'd love to see them in the college football playoff. They'll put on a show, no doubt about it. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. And speaking of, uh, I can't ignore the, since we just mentioned Texas, Texas almost got beat by uh, Kansas and Les Miles, speaking of LSU too, um, down in Austin on Saturday night. They were lucky to win that game. It was incredible. What a comeback by uh Kansas, so Les Miles has that program in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, he's competing. Uh, this Texas team, I just don't understand that well, they can't play some defense. Right, I know. I just haven't rounded the corner. Of course, they lost to Oklahoma on Columbus Day weekend uh, in the annual uh, Red River rivalry. 
uh, lost LSU, and they were, I don't know if I'd call them lucky to win, but they escaped, we'll say that, against Kansas, the Jayhawks. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. you beat Georgia, who didn't want to be in the Sugar Bowl last season. I know there's two different teams, and you play Oklahoma tough, and then you have trouble beating Kansas. I mean, that's the coach's responsibility, John, to get his team prepared to play. That, that's on the coach. And, you know, but I'll also put the responsibility on the players, of course, you know, because they're not babies. I mean, they're not 10 years old. You're, you're trying to teach you like grown men. You have to be ready to play. I mean, you know, you only you have to play 12 times a year during the regular season. You know, you have all week to get ready to lick your wounds and mentally get over the win or the loss or the tie. And, I mean, you have to have better leadership. That That's leadership with your head coach, your assistant coaches, and the older players on the team. Right, right. And AP, uh, you said it perfectly. Uh, yeah, uh, speaking of Tom Herman, the coach of Texas, he was not, he was very testy in the post-game press conference, I noticed, after beating Kansas, escaping. When we're, when you use the word beating on this one, escaping. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's uh, they haven't quite turned the corner. Um, no, no. Under him yet. John, do you, do you, John, do you remember what, it made him so uh, uh, thin-skinned. Was it a particular question to a certain topic? No, I don't exactly. Uh, yeah, it was just basically. Uh, I think it was talking about their defense or why they seemed unable to stop Kansas or whatever. Uh, yeah. it, it was just it was one-word answers. Um, right, right. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I don't know what it was. Famous- I have to go back and look at it. Yeah, and I think he used the famous next question fa- phrase that we oh, have seen I a few see, yeah. times. Um, yeah, my, my my personal opinion is you're being paid millions of dollars, and many people like to be in your position, and you're responsible for that afternoon, that evening of football. Correct. That's how you're graded. Correct. So any any question is, uh, you know within that realm is fair to me. I totally agree, AP. I mean. Who who would have been more, you know, who who would have had a better reason to be testy than Jim Harbaugh on Saturday night, as his uh, woeful record against beating top ten teams was extended and lost to Penn State, and uh, he you know he manned up. So that's what you do; that you have to do it. Uh, but AP, we're at the yep. end of our second segment here. Speaking of Penn State, uh, we'll talk a little bit about their victory over Michigan and the fact I attended my first whiteout. uh, And we will do that next segment on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports channel 
Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you could email me at IIR at Comcast.net. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we were, of course, talking college football last segment. You were at the Alabama game on Saturday where Tua was injured, uh, but it looks like you know, he'll be ready in a couple of weeks, certainly for the LSU game on November 9th. And AP, as I talked first segment, but you and I didn't get to it last segment, uh, I attended my first ever whiteout game at Penn State, half an hour from where I grew up, uh, went over on Saturday night. The announced crowd, AP, was 110,699, fourth largest crowd ever at Beaver Stadium. And AP, I've just never seen anything like it. I think my take-home was we all saw what we saw with the game, which was a fabulous game. But what really jumped out at me, because it was, you know, soon after I entered the stadium, uh, college football pageantry, AP. You know, they have their traditions at Penn State, like at every single school, including Alabama, who you cover. And AP, they did a pregame show of about 15 minutes with, you know, the lion out in the center of the field, you know, doing the we are Penn State, we are to one side of the stadium, cheering that. And then he would motion to the other side. They would answer, of course, Penn State. And then it ends with, you know, thank you, you're welcome. But what we're talking is 55,000 people on each side of the stadium chanting that. And it was just spectacular. Then you had the Penn State Blue Band coming onto the field. And again, it was a 15-minute show, um, you know, between the alma mater, uh, 
Percy, I've never sang the national anthem with 110,000 people. It was uh, it was amazing. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was truly amazing. Um, so it really got you in the mood. But then the best part of all AP, I mean, the, this was loud and long and just incredible to watch. Uh, the way it was orchestrated with the student section, uh, by the way, often voted the best in the country uh, for college football. But then when you know Michigan or both teams come out, especially Penn State. The roar was just off the charts, and then, uh, but when the game started, AP, I've never heard anything that loud in my life, and I've been to the Rose Bowl and other pretty impressive venues, but, uh, you know, Michigan had to call a timeout before they could make their first snap after receiving the opening kickoff. That's all you need to know. It was so loud. It felt like an earthquake. Uh, sounded like a, like, like a jet engine roar or should I say a Boeing 757 roar, and the place was literally shaking with sound. Uh, that was the moment that I will never, ever forget. Uh, and that was before K.J. Hamler lit him up for two touchdown passes. <laughs> so it was really special stuff. Perfect, perfect autumn evening, you know, 60 degrees, you know, j- just perfect in every way. I'm, I'm just so glad I did it. So glad I finally got there, and frankly, I'm glad I waited because it couldn't have been any better circumstance between weather, the game that Penn State played, the exciting game, you know, up 21 nothing. then Michigan, to their everlasting credit, comes back, and then it's a flip-flopping one-score game all of a sudden that went down to basically K.J. Hamler, 176-pound wide receiver, getting the third down yard carrying the ball as a running back as he went in motion and basically pushing the pile about three yards get the first down that led to victory formation so just a great game great great night in every way shape or form yes big blue in town against the other big blue exactly exactly oh oh, by the way i should just mention you you know the michigan crowd was loud and proud <laughs> That's three rides, yeah. but they're deserving of it. They were impressive, as I knew they would be. You and I remember yeah. watching Michigan play out at UConn a few years back, and uh, you know the winningest college, winningest program in college football history, and and they show up yeah. and they let you know they're there. No doubt about it. Yeah, they. I mean, Michigan. Uh, they have that fight song. They have uh, Jim mm-hmm. Harbaugh as a coach. I mean, uh, they're trying to rejuvenate that program. And they're just falling short game after game against top opponents. Uh, you know, they, they do not have an elite quarterback. And if you want to challenge for a national championship, champion, you've got to have an upper-level type quarterback, I believe, at this day and age. Absolutely. And speaking of quarterbacks, I'm glad you said that because I hadn't addressed this in the show yet today. AP, I was blown away by Shea Patterson. I mean, he was under... Duress, and I don't mean the I don't mean the Penn State defense, which put a lot of duress. I'm talking, I'm talking uh, the setting, you know, Penn State defense plus that crowd. I mean, just loud on every single yeah. Michigan snap, and boy, took him a while to get going, but boy, he really stood up tall. And you know, I know there was a lot of excitement when he went there. He transferred from Mississippi or Mississippi State? Am I correct about that? Yeah, yeah, from old. Ole Miss, yeah, I saw Ole Miss. him. You know, so he, he has his yeah. moments, but I think um, 
he he can't win you a championship by himself. I don't think he's not one of those type of quarterbacks. Right, right. Well, he of course, you know, he he did have his moments on Saturday night. He, you know, he really got yeah. it out. I was very impressed, and of course, he hit that receiver with what would have been the tying touchdown with two minutes to go, right in the chest, and the guy just dropped it. And we've all seen the footage of him crying on the sidelines, the receiver who dropped it. And, you know, so Shea Patterson was that close to pulling something very special off in Beaver Stadium, uh, you know, and coming back from a 21 nothing deficit. Uh, so I, I, I was really impressed with him. I mean, he, he really showed up in, in on the biggest stage practically imaginable. So good for him. Good for him. They didn't win, but uh, yeah. I, again, he showed up big time. No, their, their whole season now is to try to beat Ohio State. Yep, it is. It is. No doubt about that, AP. I mean, you know, you can't can't run away from the obvious. Jim Harbaugh's record, I believe, against top 10 teams is now 1-10, and 10, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 1-9 and nine going in. Um, so, you know, the, the but, you, you, you know, let's say Penn State, Michigan, or in a back and forth of, you know, the home team simply winning the game, period, and the previous yes. couple of seasons had been blowouts. So that, you know, there's no shock here that Michigan didn't beat, beat Penn State. Michigan, Penn State was number seven. Michigan was right. number uh, number six. And by the way, that's flip-flop. We can't leave this discussion without, uh, you know, the whole night got a jump start with Wisconsin, of course, the team directly ahead of Penn State at number six. Going into Saturday, got upset, <laughs> to say the least, by Illinois. They were 30-point underdogs, AP. That's one of the biggest in college football history and maybe the biggest yeah, in Big Ten history. A seismic yeah. upset led by Lovey Smith. That was just incredible. I couldn't believe when I heard that score. I couldn't either because I thought Wisconsin, they were getting ready to play Ohio State this week, possibly. I think so, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin was looking like a playoff team for sure. They 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 blew away Michigan up in Madison uh, a few weeks back. They looked unbeatable. John, the great running back, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, so that was a real shocker. Plus, Illinois is not a team that you necessarily associate with, like, upsets. It's not like I've often talked about Boston College, you, you know, as they surface yes. every five years with a big upset in right. football and basketball. But Illinois doesn't have that history. But yet, they did it on Saturday, big time in Champaign. I mean, Illinois is a team who lost at home, John. Think about this. At home, 42-38 to 38 to Nebraska. Oh, I know. Right. You're right. They lost to yeah. Minnesota on the road, 40-17. to 17. And they lost to Michigan, um, forty-two to twenty-five in Champaign. Yeah, the, the, week, way, the, prior, the prior week. Yeah, and that's really the point uh, of that both of us are making. There was no reason in the world to expect this to occur. Period. Yet it occurred. <laughs> so uh, that, that no, it just came out a, of nowhere. Yeah. No, they beat a UConn team on the road, thirty-one to twenty-three. I know. It's unbelievable, lost but East, that's why... Lost, lost to Eastern Michigan. Lost to Eastern Michigan at home, 34-31. Yeah. Well, AP, what can you say? That's why we love college football, right? Expect yeah, the unexpected. So, so much fun. It's so yeah. much fun. <laughs> but that, that one stopped me dead in my tracks, literally. and Especially as of, you know, 
literally heading to Penn State, knowing that that means if Penn State wins, they're going to jump up to number six in the country, which is, of course, exactly what happened. So, AP, we're here at the end of this segment. They go by quickly, especially this time of year. And uh, why don't we take our break and still a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before I get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Patriots at Jets Monday night football game. And AP, we were talking a lot about Michigan for obvious reasons throughout the show. And uh, we, of course, have a former Michigan quarterback uh, still lighting it up at age 42, Tom Brady, needless to say. And... AP, uh, you know, Patriots are undefeated. Nothing, no surprise there. But the Jets with Sam Darnold back uh, beat the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, shocked the Dallas Cowboys last week. Or, and uh, 
So everybody is fired up down here. I'm not that far from New York as we speak, and people are uh, expecting big things, having the Jets down at MetLife on a Monday night. Uh, but, of course, the Patriots have always uh, handled the Jets pretty well, but certainly a game worth tuning into. And I frankly think every Tom Brady game is a game worth t- tuning into these days. Yeah, absolutely. The Jets and the Patriots, longtime rivals, uh, Boston Patriots, the uh, Titans, way back in early AFL. That's continued through the years. Uh, the Patriots have the upper hand for many decades now. Every oh, once yeah. in a while, the Jets upset them. You know, they have a good ball game, and usually it's their best one of the year. But if there's an upset, of course, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be rabid tonight, the fan base, no doubt about it. They're coming off a win. Uh, and, you know, Sam Darnold, he's looking like the real deal here, AP, especially recovering from mono to, you know, to go out and beat the Cowboys is uh, no small feat, and, and he uh, he got it done. So the Jets are coming in on a high. They're at home. It's Monday night football. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, but definitely uh, uh, going to be intriguing, and I'll be back in New England by kickoff, and uh, – uh, back home, surrounded by New England fans, so that, that, that'll be nice. Uh, but AP, you know, we were talking, as always, a lot about college football in the previous segments, and, you know, you had some interesting thoughts about where we're at right now. It's an intriguing year, as you pointed out. Yeah, John, what, one update, Alabama LSU, definitely 2.30 Central Time, CBS came just announced. Okay, Wow. Thank you. Breaking news. We always like breaking news on yeah. our show. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, but so you're looking you at the, the, the diff- Oh, you're welcome. You're looking at the different conferences. I mean, it's still not sewed up in the Big Ten. Let's say Ohio State. Um, they have a, a few tough games left. I know Michigan is aiming to defeat them for the first time with uh, Jim Harbaugh. So that's a big ball game. No, uh, no. I mean, no Urban Meyer. The, I might add. Right, right, right. No Urban Meyer there, but they're trying to win that ball game because it's been a while since they've done that. And Jim Harbaugh, he's trying to hang on to that spot, uh, and he gets paid quite a bit of money. And, uh, you know, so Michigan and Ohio State, that's going to be a huge ball game for both schools because Ohio State's involved in chasing another national championship. But before they they get to play the uh, Michigan, They'll have to play Penn State in Columbus, and then followed by November 30th against against Michigan. They'll have they're, they're off. Uh, oh, then they also have Wisconsin coming up, and now Wisconsin is is injured. You know, their pride has been hurt, angry, and they lost that game Wisconsin. to Illinois. So you know they're going to come back strong at Columbus. No doubt about it. Yes, Wisconsin is going to. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to rebound and give Ohio State. Uh, maybe all they can handle. That's an intriguing point uh, coming off that shocking upset of Wisconsin losing to, yeah. uh, to of course, Illinois over the weekend. But, yes, yeah. uh, and, and, and that's not all. John, they the could play loose. Yeah. yeah, they could play loose, John. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, the pressure's off. They've, they've had a loss now, and that's it. Nobody's expecting them to go in to beat Ohio State. So, yeah, the pressure's off. Uh, 
So yeah, it's going to be intriguing. This is when college football really, really gets good, and you get these great matchups. So uh, yeah, yeah, we shall see. But other conferences are shaping up, uh, you know, interestingly as well. Yeah, how about Baylor? Baylor's undefeated right now. Uh, I think seven and zero. They'll have to play Texas, uh, Oklahoma, and Texas back to back, November sixteenth and November twenty third, and they host the Sooners and the Longhorns in Waco, Texas. Wow. So I, I, I would watch out if I was Oklahoma and Texas. Wow, this is going to be this could be shades of uh, RG three playing there and pulling some major <laughs> victories over big time schools down in Waco. So they're hosting both right. Oklahoma and Texas and Waco. That's amazing. Hosting, yeah, hosting both. Yeah, West Virginia's before that on October thirty first, Halloween night on a Thursday. That's um, a national game. Played uh, 8 o'clock Eastern time, so I think they'll take care of West Virginia. If they don't look past that game, it's important for them to beat West Virginia first because uh, they haven't had a good season. West Virginia, they, they'll be loose. <laughs> right, no doubt about that. Um, boy, that's going to be intriguing, um, to say the least. So bottom line, AP, uh, early warning here, Oklahoma at Baylor in Waco, uh, given Oklahoma is obviously in the top five, could be one of the games of the year. That's a that's a must could see be. already. Yeah, it could be. I think so. And then you look at the SEC. You know, Georgia has to play Florida coming up soon, November second in Jacksonville, and then they'll play at Auburn and uh, host Texas A and M. And also Missouri. Missouri could be a thorn in their side as well because Georgia's not scoring um, with big numbers right now. Their offense is sputtering. Yeah, AP, I have to ask you. It was a couple weeks ago, but I watched it. Uh, what were your thoughts on Georgia getting beat at home by South Carolina? I mean, that offense has to put up more than 17 points. John. You have an excellent running back in Swift. The offensive line was touted as the best in the conference. You have Jake Fromm. Outstanding quarterback, and they have a big receiver, a cager transfer from Miami, about six five or so, could jump to the moon and back, and some other talented receivers. But they're not in sync. They're not. They're just not able to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, when you can't score in this day and age, John, you have those, all those weapons. Something's not right. Right, come out of nowhere. No doubt about it. Maybe they're reading the press clippings or something. I don't know. Exactly. No, that that, that was uh, that, that was. Should amend that statement. Amend, amend that statement. They're reading the internet about how how, about how great the right. team was supposed to be this coming year. Exactly. It sounds like they just got a little, uh, you know, were maybe taking things a little bit for granted that they would be, you know, certainly back in the SEC championship game and giving Alabama all they could handle as they've done for the past couple of years and. Uh, uh, may not turn out quite that way, but uh, yeah, and you, I mean, you have a good viewpoint of it because you were up in Columbia, South Carolina in Gamecock Stadium for Alabama playing there just a few weeks ago, correct? Correct, and there's no way that team should be hanging with Georgia. Okay, you would know. You would know, no doubt about it. No. no. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, again, another topsy-turvy college football season. And, yeah, you, we, we have to just touch base. You know, uh, We talked about Oklahoma at Baylor, but Jalen Hurts continues to do it. I mean, I, I think if the Heisman were voted on today, 
he'd win. I think he's the best player in the country so far. What are your thoughts? You have a yeah, relationship with Jalen. Yeah, I still think Jaylen. he would. Yeah, yeah, they said in the poll that he uh, lost the lead, but I must believe he has a sentimental vote right now leading his team, and he's just dominating that league. And he's a class act, the way everything, the way he's handled yes. everything from yes. day one, from the day that, number one, he started playing for Alabama, but more importantly, after Tua was named the starter over him, and he's just really been first class all the way since then, just setting a fabulous example on how to take the high road, literally redefining the phrase, how to, how to take the high road. Um, so... Um, you know, good for him. And I'm guessing you're not surprised since you, you followed him so up close and personal for so many years. No, I think he was uh, on, poised to have an excellent season, and he went beyond what I thought he would achieve. Okay. Um, well, it's really just been incredible to, uh, you know, to watch him do that. Um, and... You know, I just don't know if there's really many players who have, uh, you know, been more impressive in handling a situation. So I think everybody really, truly wishes him well. And AP, hard to believe, reached the end of the show. But I want to thank you, as always, for calling in and for all your expertise. This was a fun one. Thank you, John. My pleasure. Thank you. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.